0: So, uh, once again, our third reading this week is from Matthew's uh, account of Jesus teaching the disciples to pray, what what we call the Lord's Prayer. And uh, once again, as we read through it, uh, we will st- stop just a little bit short. We'll, we'll stop at that point that we're focusing on today, which is the second to last petition, the sixth petition, Lead Us Not in, Into Temptation. But let's go ahead and, and read from the Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer up to that point to, to help set the context. Jesus is speaking. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation. This is the gospel of the Lord, and again, our focus is just on that last part today where Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation. So, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, In 1859, so just right before the Civil War started, Anna Warner wrote a children's song that still today is so well-known and famous that I know every one of you here today knows the words and could even sing the tune all by yourself without any accompaniment, which, don't worry, I will not make you do. But the words go like this, and since I know you know it, uh, you can help me fill in some of the blanks here. It goes like this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Beautiful in its simplicity. And, and perhaps uh, it's maybe kind of a shame that we think of that only as a children's song. I mean, are we ever too old to sing the sweet, beautiful gospel refrain of Jesus loves me? I think not. But actually, it's that last phrase of her song verse that has captured my attention this morning where she says, they are weak, but he is strong. It's come to my mind as I think about this petition that we're talking about today where Jesus says, uh, has us pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Jesus is teaching us to ask God for help with temptations. All right, now let's be careful and let's make sure we understand what, what he is not having us pray is that we're not saying, hey God, stop tempting us. God, don't you tempt me. No, that's, that's not what we're praying. God does not tempt us. He is not the source of temptations. Uh, the Bible says that very explicitly in, in the book of James. Now, the prayer is essentially, Lord God, help me avoid temptations in the first place. Or Lord God, when I do face temptations, help me resist. Help me stand firm that I may not fall and give in. And the important question or important thing to understand is, why does Jesus teach us to pray that? It is simply because, as that hymn verse says, we are weak, but he is strong. In the face of temptations, yes, We are weak and it is hard for us to resist, but God our Heavenly Father is strong to help us in the face of temptations. And so I hope Anna Warner doesn't mind, but I'm going to steal her phrase from her song and use it as the theme of my message to you this morning. And that message is simply this. People of God, in the midst of temptations, we are weak, but He is strong. No one likes to be called weak. You know, if somebody came up and you said, man, you're weak, uh, I think you'd probably take that as an insult, and, and maybe rightly so, right? But this is exactly what Jesus says about us, at least in terms of our spiritual lives. So that night uh, that uh, he was, uh, just minutes or hours before he was arrested, he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. He had his disciples, and he goes to his disciples and says, hey guys, you need to watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. And why do you need to watch and pray? Jesus goes on to say, because the spirit is willing, but the flesh, that flesh is weak. And he wasn't making a personal statement, uh, pointing out a flaw just in those disciples. He was stating a truth about all of us as Christians. Our spirit is willing. Yeah, God has given us a new heart. He's made us a new creation, the scripture says. And we want to walk in God's ways and live as children of God. But the problem is, as Jesus says, our flesh is weak. As long as we are on this side of glory here in the flesh, we have to understand that we have that old sinful nature just hanging on to us like a dead weight just dragging us down. And in the, in the face of that weight, our, our willing spirit is weak. And it's that sinful nature that's hanging on to us that kind of does a a double take and and sees that forbidden fruit out there and says oh man that that actually looks kind of good and tasty maybe I would like to try some of that and then that desire gives birth to sin and that sinful nature will do anything it can to stifle and hold down that willing spirit so that it can get what it wants and this is This is why Jesus teaches us to pray and ask for help. Lord, help us in the midst of these temptations because our flesh is weak. Now, as if our own uh, sinful flesh isn't bad enough, we have to understand there are some other opposing forces out there arrayed against us looking for those chinks in our armor, looking to expose that weakness that we have within on the one hand, you've got to understand there is the devil. Okay? And, and mind you, the devil is real. He is not just a made-up, uh, mythological cartoon character with a little red costume and a, you know, a forked tail and a little pitchfork, uh, kind of laughable almost. No. No, Scripture describes him quite the opposite. In First Peter, Peter says, uh, the, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we have to understand that this is an opponent to take seriously, especially because he has only one goal in mind for you, and that is to tempt you and lead you away from God and down the path of everlasting destruction. And on the other hand, besides the devil, we also have the world, the world around us, And what we mean by that is simply the unbelieving culture in which we live and which we find ourselves. I don't have to tell you, I'm sure, just how strong and pervasive a force this is especially, I dare say, in our day and age with uh, the mass media and the internet and that instant communication of ideas. And and so we can just be bombarded with a plethora of ungodly influences that come right into our living room, right onto the computer screen, just a click away. I think of uh, our culture today, I call it our Nike culture You know what I mean by that? You know, the company Nike, what's their slogan? Just do it. Don't you think that maybe sums up our culture? Hey, if it feels good, do it, man. You know, scratch that itch. You know, if you want to go have sex outside of marriage, go have what's stopping you. You want to go get drunk? Hey, that's what weekends are for. And, and the love of money and, and greed, hey man, that's, that's just good old-fashioned ambition and success and how you get ahead of life and you gotta look out for number one. That's how, how you get all the things that are gonna make you happy and successful in life. And you, I mean, you know I could go on and on with all the kinds of tough and ungodly influences that are out there working on us, but you live in the world, you know what they are. And more importantly, you know what the specific things are in your own life that influence and tempt you. So on the one hand, you know, we, we have, uh, uh, it's like we're getting attacked from both sides. On the one hand, we have the devil. On the other side, the world against us. And uh, the, the real problem here is that they've got an agent working on the inside with our own sinful nature. And so it's all too easy then to... to to chase those temptations of the devil and and the world and and give in. And and the problem with that is that those temptations are just the first step down a very slippery slope. Like you're at the edge of a cliff and it it kind of breaks away and, and there you go rolling down. And this is why Jesus has us pray this prayer. Lord, help Help lead us not into temptation, because I am weak. But of course, when, when Jesus teaches us to pray this prayer, what is also implied is that God is there to help, right? Jesus teaches us to come to God in prayer because God is there to help and God can and does help. He is strong though we are weak. Uh, Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. You know, as we walk through this life, so many snares and traps set out there for us and he guides us through. We can't trust the weakness of our flesh but we can trust our strong God who is there to help us. Now, you know, a strong man likes to flex his muscles, right, and show how strong he is, or at least so I've heard. I I wouldn't know that, right? But I don't know all the ways that God flexes his muscles and shows his strength in your life as he helps you with temptations, but we do know a lot of the tools that he has in his armory that help us to trust and go to him. And certainly at the top of the list is our Lord Jesus Christ himself, right? He is the one that our second reading talked about in, in, uh, in Hebrews uh, there as we read because Jesus himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those of us who are being tempted. I'm sure sure you know the story of how Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness by Satan and yet didn't give in, overcame the assaults of the devil. And that, my friends, is the same Jesus that says to you, Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you know how our Lord Jesus Christ ultimately crushed Satan, Satan's head underfoot, as God had promised long ago to Adam and Eve, that he will crush Satan. And how he crushed Satan's head through his death on the cross and his resurrection to win the victory for us, to pay the price of our sins, that we might have forgiveness and life everlasting. And so it is that even when we do fall to temptation, God is there with his love and grace to forgive us, to set us back on that path of righteousness. But it is not just the Lord Jesus at, uh, at our disposal and where God shows his strength. Did you know he also flexes his muscles in our lives with his army of angels? Oh yes, those unseen, oft-forgotten warriors of the spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. And uh, like I said about the devil, we also need to remember that the angels are real, real Creatures that, uh, that God has created. And uh, by the way, no, we do not die and become angels ourselves. They are a separate creation of God, as Scripture says, created by God to serve Him. And the biggest way they serve Him is by serving us. Uh, God promises uh, that uh, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So yeah, we even have and really do have guardian angels there to help us. But besides Jesus, besides the angels, God also flexes his muscles and comes to our aid through the body of Christ, the church, you and me. Folks, do you realize how important you are to me in my walk of faith, in helping me avoid temptations? You are. Really, thank you for that. Thank you for coming today and encouraging me. We need each other, and, and, and we are there to help encourage each other in our walk. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews talked about this. He was talking to an audience who was, they were under great persecution, and they were tempted to leave the faith, and, and he talked about this body of Christ thing. He says, let's consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Hey, that's a big part of the reason why it's so important that you come here together, that we come here together uh, regularly on Sunday mornings, not just that we hear God's word ourselves, but that we encourage one another in our walk of faith. And and by the way, as I talk about the body of Christ, I would be remiss if I didn't point out uh, some special brothers and sisters in Christ, our, our pastors and teachers whom God has specially called to help us in the fight against temptation. Uh, some of you have been in our class, Bible class, on Elijah and Elisha. You know that they, uh, you know, those prophets, those called workers of God, they were referred to as the chariots and horsemen of Israel. In other words, uh, the, the, the called servants of God, where they are the true strength of God's people as they share God's word with us. And then last but certainly not least, God is strong to come and help us with his word. With the scriptures, the Bible, the scriptures that are called the sword of the spirit, that's called the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. In our our walk uh, on this path toward our heavenly home, when we are besieged and tempted by Uh, enemy forces to be led away. God's word is described as a lamp to our feet and a light for our path to show us the way to go home, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and our heavenly prize. And this, too, people, is why we so need to be in God's word. Here in worship, diving deep into it in Bible class, taking it home for devotion, bringing our children to know the stories of Scripture. This is God's strength to help us through our walk of faith. It teaches us right from wrong, but more importantly, it teaches us that God loves us. God has redeemed us. And not only that, He is there to help us along the way in our fight against temptation. Whether it's through Jesus Through the angels, through each other here today, through the Bible, God is there with his strength to help us in our weakness, to lead us not into temptation. All right, so let me circle back to Anna Warner's song, There Jesus Loves Me, which indeed, that's just, I mean, such a great and simple gospel message. And it's not just for little ones. It's for all of us, big ones or old ones as well, for all ages. But there's actually another song, another hymn, not a children's song, but a hymn that has come to my mind this morning as I think about this petition, Lead Us Not Into Temptation, kind of reflects this whole message as well. I think it's also another hymn that's probably pretty familiar to most of you, if, if not all of you, especially at this time of year. We call it our battle hymn of the Reformation, right? And let me read just a couple of verses to you in closing. And and as you listen to it, listen like you've never listened before, listen to it and see how it reflects the message that we've been talking about today. That we are besieged, trying to be led away by temptations. And in our weakness, we find our strength in God. The hymn says, A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. He helps us free from every need that has us now or taken. The old evil foe now means deadly woe. Deep guile and great might are his dread arms and fight on earth is not his equal. With might of ours cannot be done Soon were our loss effected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. You ask, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, the almighty Lord. And there's no other God. He holds the field forever. Yes, indeed, my dear friends in Christ, in the midst of temptations, We are weak, but He, our God, is strong. And for that good news, all God's people say, Amen.